There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This episode of Dish was brought to you by Delicious Magazine in May 2016. For more episodes, visit deliciousmagazine.co.uk forward slash dish. Hello and welcome to Dish, the food podcast from Delicious Magazine. This month we've gone in search of cheese in the West Country. We've had a renaissance in the last sort of 10 years of where traditional foods which have been dumbed down have re-emerged but done with beautiful ingredients using good techniques and I think the cheese toasty is right there for that. We go in search of the ultimate cheese toasty. And so I just gave them some Jersey milk and told them to get on with it. And we hear how one of Britain's newest and best loved cheeses came to be thanks to a group of volunteers looking for something to do. We sent sub-editor Hugh Thompson to Genoa in Italy in search of authentic pesto. Pesto for us is our life, is our identity. Editor Karen Barnes tells us what to expect in the May issue. The highlights recipe for me is a French onion soup made with sherry. And native New Yorker Kat Silverfield is here with a classic American tome from the delicious library. It's all coming up on Dish. Now, a cheesemaker, a cheesemonger and a chef walk into a kitchen. This may sound like the start of a bad joke, but in fact, it's deadly serious. We wanted to find out which of them can make the ultimate cheese toasty. The rules? Simple. Make a cheese toasty using any bread and any British cheese of your choice. Ensuring a good clean fight is editor Karen Barnes. Karen, you're chairman of the judges. What are you looking for? We're just looking for one that's slightly different, but still has that magical melting experience with crispy bread and an unusual ingredient that just brings something slightly different to the table. There's a few interesting secret ingredients. We've got wild garlics, fig jams, truffles, mushrooms. Is there a case or a danger, perhaps, of overdoing it? I would say there is, and that's what's going to be interesting to see. The issue is that cheese and bread is very simple and it's wonderful, just as it is. So it could be that adding too many weird and wonderful ingredients, too much sweetness might just not work, so we'll see. John Farrand, Managing Director of the Guild of Fine Food. So you're here as a judge. What are you looking for in a cheese toasty today? I'm a bit of a salt fiend. I'm going to need a bit of a salty kick. I go against the whole health uh, freak movement. uh, And um, like my salt, good balance with the butteriness and the paste of of the cheese. And then, of course, I'm looking for that cheeky little... Uh, additive if there is one that someone's going to spread on that bread because I have my own secret ingredient at home but I want to see what what these folk come up with. With the judges in place let's meet the contestants and their toasties. My name's Charlie Tambor I'm from my own 
uh, cheesemongers in Shaftesbury and Dorset. And tell us which cheese you've gone for today. <laughs> yeah, a bit of an error there. I didn't read the email. Uh, consequently, I've got uh, two really good European cheeses. So I am representing Europe at this party. I've gone for a washed rind northern Italian cheese called Telegio, which I'm sure most people will know. And I'm looking for that to give the gooiness. Right. But in terms of the structure and flavour, I've gone with the classic French Comte. What's your construction method on this? Um, I have two techniques. Okay. Um, the one I'm going to go for today is a traditional one where I'm going to use the, the grill pan with you know the griddle with, to make the nice marks in it, very important, but then into the oven for about four minutes at a high heat. What do you think is the appeal of a cheese toasty? Oh, it's delicious. We've had a renaissance in the last sort of 10 years of where traditional foods which have been dumbed down have re-emerged but done with beautiful ingredients using good techniques, and I think the cheese toasty is right there for that. Charlie, you've got quite a lot of cheese there. <laughs> I mean, theoretically, in my world, you can't ever have too much cheese. But, you know, it smells strong. The, the cheese is melting nicely around the edges, but we won't know until it's melted all the way through. And you're getting that little sort of char. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice Peel that off bits. and eat it separately. Oh, yeah, no, I love that. Hello, I'm Sue Ross, and I work for Dorset Blue Vinny Cheese. So I imagine you'll be using Dorset Blue Vinny. Yes, that's our special ingredient. We're using our own handmade spiced tomato chutney and some local cured ham and some red onion. There's quite a lot in there. Are you confident that's a winning combination? I am. We actually call it our festival special because we take a converted horse box around to festivals and local shows, and um, that's one of our, our special toasties. Tell us a little bit about Dorset Blue Vinny, because it might be a cheese people haven't heard of before. What's its history? Well, we're the only producers of Dorset Blue Vinny. It's made at Woodbridge Farm. The recipe was resurrected by Mike Davies about 35 years ago. It's about 300 years old. Mm. It used to be made in most farmhouses um, with the leftover milk. We hold the protected geographical indication for the cheese, and um, it's still made with milk from our own dairy herd. So, so your toast is in the uh, yes, press there. Yes, they're in, they're in our retro 70s toasty machine. Okay. So they will take about three minutes to cook. Quick let's look. Let's have a peek. You pleased with that, Sue? Very pleased with it, yes. I'm Jamie Montgomery, and as the name suggests, we make Montgomery's cheddar from our Frisian milk, and we also make another cheese called Ogleshield. We make that from Jersey milk. So are you using both those cheeses or just one? Haven't quite decided on the blend yet, but I think I'm going to use a bit of both. I think the cheddar provides a little bit more acidity and perhaps a little top flavour. And the Ogle Shield, because of the high fat content, really melts well. So tell us about your construction method. Are you using any special techniques? My little secret is I've got half a brick. Okay. Which which we're going to get really, really hot. And we're going to stick on top of the sandwich as it's cooking so that it cooks deeply through the middle without having to have a breville. Whether it's any better than using a machine, I, I have no idea. Basically, I made the brick so it's like concave, so you can sit quite a lot of butter in there, and then it would stop it from sticking to the... So do you, you ground out the centre of the brick? Yeah, yeah, just so that it seals down, so it becomes the shape of what you want the the sandwich to be. Okay. So you can put the butter on the bread and then it sits there and cooks from both ways. My name is Sasha, Sasha Matkevich, and I'm a head chef and of a green restaurant in Sheban. And what cheese are you using today, Sasha? It's a Montgomery cheddar. There's wild garlic. There's, okay. Yeah, there's nice. pierre de mouton, pickled mushrooms. English name for these mushrooms is hedgehog mushrooms. Okay. And they were picked last season and pickled. So, Sasha, tell us what you're doing. Um, well, I'm toasting in the frying pan, mm-hmm. 
and sep separately in two bits. And then I put my toppings on it and uh, put it in the oven as it is. Melt it for about four or five minutes. Then put them together and press it down with a fish slice. Well, as they used to say on MasterChef, there was deliberation, cogitation and digestion. <laughs> and Karen's here with the winner. It's the moment of truth. We had fantastic sandwiches and it's been really, really hard to decide. It was incredible how all your personalities came through in your toasty, the sort of refined chef, um, the, the sort of rawness from Jamie, the, the farmer, um, the maverick sort of blue cheese, and then Charlie, your sort of slightly crazy international t interpretation of it all. But it was great to see the personality come through in the humble toasty. And so the winner. The winner is. And we did argue about this for quite a long time. So it took a, a little bit of uh, getting to the final decision. But the winner is... Sasha. So you think you'll put this on the menu of your restaurant now? Uh, I'll definitely, yeah, I can. I can. And the bar, yeah, definitely. I think it's very, very sort of, um, will go really well with a glass of wine, I think. Yeah, or, or cider in the summer. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you. And you can find Sasha's winning recipe in the May issue of Delicious magazine, as well as on the Delicious website. Take a look at that and make your own. Now, we couldn't say goodbye to the West Country without a little more chat about cheese. So after the toasty competition, I sat down with Jamie to talk about not only his cheddar, but also his newest cheese, Ogleshield, and why they're both great for melting. We used to think that Montgomery's cheddar was, because of the amount of flavour in it, was the ultimate melting cheese. And then we started producing Ogleshield. Mm. And I was in Italy doing a, a big food festival. And... Um, the organisers, to feed all of the uh, professional cheese people there, uh, did a big raclette. Mm -hmm. And they took my Ogleshield to Italy and were feeding it to all sorts of people from Switzerland and really? France and all over the place. And I was stood in the queue and nobody, th nobody around me knew who I was. And the guy in front of me was from Switzerland. Um, and this is when I'd gone up for my, going up for my second helping. And he was also going up for his second helping. And then I introduced myself to him, and he just could not believe that this stuff had come from England. What led to the development of Ogleshield? Uh, really, that we had the milk. Mm. Um, we, for, for all of mum's lifetime, we were cheddar makers. No. And all of her life, the Jersey herd were her pets. She would... She spent a lot more time being very careful about the breeding of the jerseys. And so it was sort of a shame that we never made cheese from it. And, of course, in, in Mother's era, Somerset, if you'd, all, you knew, all we knew about was cheddar. Mm. There wasn't another cheese. Mm. And so when she taught us from, you know, as soon as I could talk, there was a mantra in the house, you can't make cheese from Jersey milk. And what she meant was you can't make cheddar. And right. so when, and then the, sort of, the, the whole market changed and everybody was making all sorts of different cheese in England. And so I, I had some visitors from America staying and they'd just spent two months touring Europe 
and I needed to give them a project. And so I just gave them some Jersey milk and told them to get on with it. And what we're making now is very, very close to what they came up with. Really? So a sort of serendipitous element to its creation? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It, I would never have got round to doing it myself. <laughs> yeah. And now it's, you know, well-renowned and you're serving it to, to cheese judges and as Reclaire and everything. It's got a tremendous following. Unbelievable. If, if you told me that in, in only about 10 years we'd be making a third of our Jersey milk into cheese, I would have never believed it. No, it's been, it's been fantastic. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Okay, I'm here with Karen Barnes now, editor of Delicious Magazine, and we're going to talk about the May issue. Karen, what have we got to look forward to in May? So many good things in May. One of the highlights of this issue is that we've got Sabrina Gale, who a couple of years ago wrote a, a runaway best-selling cookery book called Persiana. Her new book, Sirocco, is coming out, and we invited her to come and uh, guest edit a section of the magazine. So we have 16 pages, including recipes from the book, but the most exciting thing is a gathering of chefs who are all friends of Sabrina's. We She invited them to get together and cook dishes that are all inspired by ingredients from the East. And they there was cooking, there was lots of laughter, they sat down to share them around the table, and those recipes are in the magazine, along with Sabrina's favourite store-covered ingredients. And Middle Eastern food, as we saw with Yasmin last episode, it's 
definitely going to be a thing this summer, isn't it? That Middle Eastern style of cooking. Yes, definitely a thing, an ongoing thing, as ingredients like pomegranate, molasses and zatar become uh, more part of the regular store cupboard that we're all used to. Uh, we need more recipes to make with those ingredients, and that's why this 16-page special is so good. And of course, this month we've had the Cheese Toasty Wars. Yes, it was wonderful that Sasha was the winner of the Cheese Toasty Wars. What a great day that was. Another feature that we have in the magazine is about getting outside and walking in the fresh air and one thing I love to do is to put something in the oven uh, and leave it bubbling away then head outside have a great walk work up an appetite come back and there are some wonderful things greeting you as you walk through the door the highlight recipe for me is a french onion soup made with sherry and you open the door and the smell assaults you it almost has you on your knees and it's topped with wonderful crunchy bread melting gruyere cheese it is a delight how long are these walks are you talking like a good couple of hours or are they kind of you know around the park with the kids what sort of length the recipes are all designed to be cooked in about two and a half hours so gives you a good time to have some fun outside and then come back and eat yay and open a bottle of something nice and i see you've got former bake-off winner john Waite in the magazine what's he been doing for you Yes, John won back in 2012, very popular uh, recipe writer, and he has just published a new book, which is not just about baking. It's got it's all focusing on recipes with only five ingredients, oh, wow. and we've got a selection of those in the magazine, and they're very good indeed. We've made them into a menu that's designed to put on the table and share, sit around with friends, have a great time. It's really very good. Excellent. And one final thing here, I'm looking at the cover, no churn banana ice cream. I don't know anything about that recipe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can get it all in the May issue, Cara. You should try looking at it. (laughs) No, I do know about that recipe. It's one of the joys of ice cream making. You put everything in a bowl, stir it around, put it in the freezer... No need to keep stirring. Ah. It just freezes, you take it out, and then there it is, ready to go. So you don't need an ice cream maker or any fancy equipment. It's just bowl, whisk, fork. No fancy pants ice cream maker. It's it's very easy. It probably takes no more than five minutes of your time. Excellent. And a nice pud to have after your long walk with your sherry and French onion soup. There's an idea. Thank you, Karen. See you again next month. Now, we're a fairly international bunch here at Delicious HQ, and the author of this month's Book of the Month comes from America, as indeed does the person reading it. Kat is our digital and social media assistant, and she's reading from Julia Child's autobiography, My Life in France. All sorts of delice are spouting out of Julia's finger ends like sparks out of a pinwheel, Paul enthused to Charlie. The other night, for guests, she tried out a dessert she'd seen demonstrated, a sort of French-style brown betty which turned out very well. In spite of my good notices, I remained a long way from being a maitre de cuisine. This was made plain the day I invited my friend Winnie for lunch and managed to serve her the most vile eggs Florentine one could imagine outside of England. I suppose I had gotten a little too self-confident for my own good. Rather than measure out the flour, I had guessed at the proportions, and the result was a goopy sauce mornay. Unable to find the spinach at the market, I'd bought chicory instead. It, too, was horrid. We ate the lunch with painful politeness and avoided discussing its taste. I made sure not to apologize for it. This was a rule of mine. 
I don't believe in twisting yourself into knots of excuses and explanations over the food you make. When one's hostess starts in with self-deprecation such as, oh, I don't know how to cook, or poor little me, or this may taste awful, it is so dreadful to have to reassure her that everything is delicious and fine, whether it is or not. Besides, such admissions only draw attention to one's shortcomings or self-perceived shortcomings and make the other person think, yes, you're right, this really is an awful meal. Maybe the cat has fallen into the stew, or the lettuce has frozen, or the cake has collapsed. A bien tant pis. Usually one's cooking is better than one thinks it is. And if the food truly is vile, as Maiosat's eggs Florentine surely were, then the cook must simply grit her teeth and bear it with a smile and learn from her mistakes. Now, if you thought pesto was just for smearing on pasta and giving to the kids, you're wrong. In Italy, it is taken very seriously indeed. And a Russian chef may have won the toasty competition, but could an Englishman triumph at the World Pesto Championships? There was only one way to find out. So cometh the hour, cometh the man, in the form of Deputy Chief Sub-Editor Hugh Thompson. Let's see how we got on. I'm standing by a fountain outside the Plaza Ducali in Genoa, Italy, about to compete in the World Pesto Championships 2016. Right, I've just received my bag with my uh, green coloured apron, my cap and the badge that will let me into the big main hall. Here we go. My challenge for the World Pesto Championships may have been brought to a premature halt as it appears I uh, omitted to hire a pestle and mortar. It wasn't clear exactly how I did that. Um, it did say you didn't have to bring your own but uh, I must have missed out a a rather important step. Anyway, one of the helpful gentlemen has uh, taken my driving licence and is going to see if he can hire one for me. At last, my pestle and mortar has now arrived. Heart beats down a bit. (laughs) I can relax. Let's take a look at my ingredients. I've got the Basilico Genovese. I've got two bags of uh, pine nuts. I've got the Fiore Sardo, goat's milk cheese, quite pungent. I've got a little pot of Parmesan. I've got a pot of rock salt, a little bag of garlic, still in their skins. And uh, the olive oil is in a lovely gold foil covered bottle. Uh, I'm all ready to go. I'm just about to start the competition and I've forgotten an important piece of information. can't remember whether you're supposed to grind the pesto clockwise or anti-clockwise. I've been assured that it will make a difference. The buzz around the room has definitely been rising. Right, they've opened the main gates and they've let everyone in and we're off. I think I've added too much sardo to mine so I'm having to add a bit more olive oil to try and balance it out. The guy next to me has made about a gallon of it. Mine looks a measly portion. The judges are now looking at my pesto, comparing notes. Quick shake of the head. Could be all over. Oh, I'm exhausted. Right, I'm just outside with Sarah Di Paolo from the Palatafini, which means a special palate, special taste. Uh, Just to have a quick word with her about pesto genovese. So Sarah, what makes pesto genovese so special? The secret is the basil. We use a special Genoese basil, which grows up along our coast, so close to the sea with fresh air. And we picked it up when it's very little with light green little leaves. And it's very tasty and good to make pesto. Pesto for us is our life, is our identity. 
just tasted five of the finalist pestos and I have to say they were a lot more punchy than mine. Um, the cheese really came through a little bit saltier as well, probably again because of the cheese. Maybe that's where I was going wrong. Right, apparently they've made the decision, counted up all the points and they're about to tell us who the champion of the world pesto is. Alessandro Fasce from Geneva is in tears, champion of the world, crying, absolutely crying like a young child, tears running down her face. It is actually quite emotional, even for an Englishman. And that outburst of emotion and passion over pesto brings us to the end of the May edition of Dish. We do hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, remember to subscribe via iTunes so you'll get the next episode squirted directly into your device of choice. Also, if you could leave a review there on iTunes, that would help other people find the show and enjoy it. Also, uh, do get in touch as well if there's anything you want us to cover or look at in these podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. And we've got plenty more stuff coming up next month. But until then, I've been your host, Andrew Webb. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.